I'm Kaylin. And I'm Heather. And this is We Need Closure. We Need Closure. Always be closing. Hello, I live here. Always be closing. I've never been to your apartment. So real. What else do we need? We need closure. Happy St. Patrick's Day, Heather. Oh, hello. Okay. Um, first of all, are you allowed to say that? I mean, you aren't a fellow Irish redhead like myself. Although I do lack the red hair, I am Irish. You are? Don't you? Can't you see my nose? <laughs> this is the most Irish nose there ever was. Look, I'm going to turn a profile. Do you see it? Do you see it? Mm, it, it it's an Irish nose. It's a cute little well, it's a button. button nose. That's right. <laughs> and therefore, it is Irish. Therefore. Well, it's, um, somebody told me that I was Scotch Irish at some point in my life and I've held on to that. I never fact checked it. I, I don't, don't think you can have that hair without being yes. Scotch Irish. So since I was young, like I take a lot of pride in St. Patrick's Day. I love it. As you should. I believed in leprechauns, <laughs> like legit would find clovers. I lived in a place that had a lot of clover. <laughs> You were in Leprechaun. I was, and I would, this is not a joke. And probably at an embarrassingly old age, I would look under them for leprechauns. <gasps> I think you're going to like never talk to me again after I this. I think we're done with this podcast. Because I think if I tell you I was in like fourth or fifth grade or something. Um, and then one time I found, I was able to collect like three or four, four leaf clovers. Oh, okay. So and you're lucky. I was lucky. I'm very Hence lucky. Hence the real estate And success. I actually, people will, there's, I actually am a very lucky person. You are? Like, I, yes. If there's a drawing to win, I win it. <gasps> like I'm a very lucky person. Stick, stick around then. Yeah. Stick with me. But I found these four leaf clover, clovers and I pressed them in books, oh you know, God. so that they would, and I, I held on to them forever. You're so Irish. And then my, we got rid of them when we moved. Did my the mom, luck stop at that yeah, point? And then it all downhill. Pretty much. Then. Have you ever tried to describe like American traditions to people that aren't from this country? <laughs> because my very vivid St. Patrick's Day memory is when I tried to tell this amazing intern that I had. He was from India originally, and he was here getting his MBA in Fort Worth. And I tried to explain to him the traditions of St. Patrick's Day in America. So bear with me as I go through this, right? I'm like, well, you need to wear green because if you don't, you'll get pinched. Yeah, okay. I mean, like, but what? Why? He's like, so I'm going to get harassed if yeah. I don't wear a color. I'm like, yes. I'm yes. like, okay. And then people drink green beer. No, it doesn't alter the taste. No, it doesn't taste good. It's just what you do. Mm-hmm. Okay. How ridiculous is this sounding as I'm going through this? Um, something to the effect of there's parades. Yes. Um, you have to get hammered. You get wasted. Yeah. Like even that's, if it's Tuesday, just it doesn't matter. drink too much yeah. because that's also part of the tradition. Yes. This is all the things that I was explaining to him. And I've just, the shock on his face was more embarrassing for me. Yes. Like I sounded so stupid and It makes and you moronic. second guess your whole life. Like yeah. why do we do Love being an American. Yes. <laughs> explaining this tradition that literally means nothing. And obviously that probably took me down a rabbit hole to try to actually figure figure out what the real traditions of St. Patrick's Day were. Yeah. Not just our... Did, I don't really know. I, I should, no, you know, well, it's my heritage. It's your heritage. Uh, basically, we're degenerates mm. here in the United States, and uh, we love a good St. Patty's Day. I still believe in leprechauns. <laughs> and we're done. No, yeah. okay, perfect. Well, this uh, this episode is airing on St. Patrick's Day, so um, drink that green beer, And folks. green underwear do not count. That doesn't count. 
go pinch everybody basically. Mm-hmm. I actually do. I wear green on, on St. Patrick's Day. I love it. I, I I'm the same way. It, this knows. I can't get away with it. People just know that I'm Irish. So we, our episode has nothing to do with today's holiday. Yeah. What it has to do with was the fact that you and I have spoke with a lot of fellow realtors lately. And I think that what we like to do with this podcast, that we have this platform, if you will, and we're creating content, we like to put it to good use, basically. And I think if other fellow agents and friends are feeling certain things, especially regarding real estate, like we need to help. We need to help them, basically. Yeah, no one has asked us to, but we take it upon ourselves uh, to. Offering a little bit of therapy here. Mm -hmm. So essentially, I've got some calls lately. And I have, I also have probably reached out to some of my mentors when some really tough stuff is happening in real estate. I kind of lovingly dubbed this episode when real estate gets tough. And what it is not is an episode for you and I to complain about our jobs, our clients, anything about that. What it is, is to share a couple stories maybe some tips, tricks, scenarios that got us through what I'm going to call very tough times in real estate, where we have been highly disappointed, where we felt like the rug was kind of pulled out from under us, where we've probably cried. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like I know so many people are going through some things, especially newer newer agents who have maybe been hit with the real estate crap that we get thrown at us. And I just want to provide some hope. Mm-hmm. The metaphor analogy, basically, that I used the other day while talking to this new agent, she was she was calling me to kind of set up a scenario, and she has it tough right now um, from the client side, from the market side. Everything is kind of hitting her. She had a really successful first year real estate. All her first deals were pretty smooth, and she was like, heck yeah, I know exactly where I'm supposed to be. I made this right career move, right? Which, again, several of us question on, on occasion. Yeah. And what happened was it, I don't even know if this happens to all agents, but this definitely happened to me where things are going really smooth and then you literally like hit a wall Mm -hmm. and like nothing is working. Every single deal is hard. Every agent you talk to is difficult. Every client you talk to doesn't know what they want or puts you in a predicament or something like that. And Mm -hmm. it's just kind of this rough patch. Mm -hmm. And what I said to her was, because she was obviously very emotional about what had just happened, uh, rightly so. And what I said was, unfortunately in this industry, you're going to, get that you're going to get through this one and then you're going to hit another one and you're going to hit another one and each time you do you're going to develop a little bit of scar tissue that doesn't feel good at the time nobody wants a bruise or a bump or a scrape or a full-on machete you know to their arm but what happens is each of these difficult scenarios creates an additional layer of a little bit of a tougher skin a little bit of a thicker skin and by the 10th time you're not crying basically. You're not as emotional and you can get through it. And so I hate to be cheesy about it, but I think you and I are here to talk about our scar tissue. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Oh, it's going to get deep. I love how you describe that because it sounds like we are like in the Marine Corps or something like, (laughs) or like neurosurgeons or, I mean, we understand that it's all subjective here and, but this is a real estate related podcast. Correct. We are not saving um, lives. Um, but there have been a ton of tears shed God. Um, that I don't think make Instagram reels, right? Thank you. <laughs> and I think that's the other flip side of it. Like when you are a new agent, or even if you're not, even if you are an old 
bitty like you and I in this industry, we often can see the sell, sell, sold, right. sold, sold, right. pending, pending. And you're sitting there going, how? Like, how are they just killing it mm-hmm. with no bumps? It looks so flawless and it's discouraging sometimes. So we're just here to show the other side of it. And I, I've got a few examples and stories of which I have built up a lot of scar tissue, but the moral also is that it got better and then it did work out. The first one is painful. I think, I th- I don't know if this is going to give PT- people PTSD. Like they're going to be sitting, other realtors are going to be sitting there listening, you know, and thinking about the deals they've gone through. Yeah. Well, and I, I just love how you started it. Cause that really is the goal is like, we, we've been there. We go still go there. And the goal is we got out of it and you can get out of you it. You can, you're going to, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And that one didn't work out probably for a reason. Right. Honest to God, there's a few in here that I'm going to share that I don't know why. I don't, but you know what, because I don't think it was about me. Although we are sharing it from our perspective of how we feel or how we felt at the time, I don't think they worked out because of like something greater in the universe, not to be just, you know, really deep here. No, I mean, yeah, I I know you, I know how you work and (laughs) I know that you do all that you can for your people and for the contract and to get it to the finish line. Tried my darndest. So the first story was I was a baby agent. I was actually with a different brokerage. I had been, this client had been referred to me and we were going to go find their dream home about 25 miles out of town. We found it. We looked high and low, but we found it. They were in love. It was, it met the budget. Our offer got accepted with a contingency. I turn around, I get their house listed. Now, mind you, this is my first contingency. This is my largest deal to date at this point in my career. I think the potential commission was going to be based off 1.2 million in sales, right? So those two houses combined, a lot for me, a lot for anyone really. I proceed to list their home and be, as I, as I'm doing everything I can, I think it was a bit of a coming soon, looked a little different back then. We are going to have an open house. And I think before we even have in the open house, I get not only get an offer, I get a full price cash offer. You and I talked about this a little bit off air. I, we try not to celebrate before things happen, but I'm, I'm guaranteeing right now, I'm remembering being at Joe T's and sipping a margarita and celebrating that one a little bit. And now I feel like we're like... Our scar tissue is so high that we don't, you know, I'm like, I can't, oh, don't get too excited. I'll close one that big. And I'm, I don't even, I don't even celebrate anymore. I, I just go, when, where's the next one? I mean, cause you're right. That scar tissue is so thick at this point. Yeah. So I proceed to list their house. We get the full price cash offer and things are going swimmingly. We hit the inspection and, um, a few items come up. One of which is the air conditioning unit. There were two in the house. The, sellers and buyers could not come to terms on either replacing them or giving concessions towards that or even coming off the price. What ended up happening was um, on an almost $700,000 house, there was a difference of $8,000 between the buyer and the seller. When you back that out, you're looking at just over 1% difference. Yeah. To which, of course, I stated as well as I could and tried to provide all the facts about, hey, if we don't, if we do not move forward with this, we will probably lose that dream house. So we've got a lot on the line. Right. Yeah. Which is, and they had a lot on the line. I, I may have had that money spent, you know, in my head. So essentially, you guys can see the writing on the wall. The deal broke. We could not come to terms. I was devastated, but I tried to pick myself up and dust myself up and get back on that horse and proceeded to continue to list this house. What happened was the air conditioning unit did in fact go out in the middle of July. Mm. 
in Texas. Do you, you want to cry now for me? Do you want to cry later? Like, I mean, you just hold back those tears, get the tissues ready because it, it doesn't get any better from here. So I proceed to attempt to still show this property and have other agents show it in July with no air, just conditioning. No air conditioning. Just no air but conditioning. But the sellers are still just kind of like, they were waiting on a home warranty service oh, to come out, well, which, well, where's the, where's the cricket button? I don't know. <laughs> it's somewhere out here. As you know, Heather, and so the listener probably does as well. If you're waiting on that in Texas in July, you will be waiting for about a month. And to be totally honest with you, that's what happened. I think it took about a month for the AC company to come out repair it. And by that time, talk about crickets. Nobody wanted to see this house anymore. Our contract was actually coming up to an end. On their dream house. On their dream house, on my listing agreement with them. So probably all within one week, I lose the house that they were purchasing, the dream house. I lose the contract because our contract has ended. And at this point, they I think they had claimed at that point they were going to take it off the market. So $1.2 million in sales, which would have led to, I can't do the math on that, some some great yeah. amount of money for commissions for me was suddenly out the window. What ended up, I was devastated, Heather. I mean, I don't even, I can't even talk about it. Like it's just, doesn't, it's just pit well, I know stomach. you were devastated because you've told me the story. Like, I have told every you time, this every story. Every time I see you. I mean, and that, isn't that sad? Like this no, is. No, I don't mean that in a hard way. <laughs> can I you mean imagine? that like. If you just walk in the door, I'm like, Heather, have I told you about the deal I lost? But it was so impactful and it was so, it left such a mark on me. Again, talk about like that giant wound. Mm -hmm. um, and and what ended up happening was they they actually did take it off the market for like a day and they listed with someone else, which was also, I mean, talk about that scar tissue just continuing to build up. Eight months later, they sold it for $80,000 less than the offer. Eight months later? Eight months later. And I think what's so hard about the whole thing is, like I said, this one wasn't about me, I, truly. And I don't mean that in a way that I didn't do my job right. I'm not talking about that. I, there was probably things maybe I didn't do right. I meant in the universe and grand scheme of things, I maybe this wasn't about me. Maybe they weren't supposed to, you know, sell that house at the time or something. Like life happens and things are different. Yeah. And that's what I've learned in this. But if, if anyone else out there can relate right now, I, I know it's happened to everybody, but I think that's what happens is you, you, as a realtor, you're showcasing these beautiful listings that you have and they don't all sell. No. And that's not money in your pocket. No. So if that gives anybody a little bit of solace mm -hmm. that I went through that and I, I still picked up and continued on and had a few more amazing contingencies that probably added up to that or maybe even more later, I did it. But you have to shake it off. And, yeah. you have, and you have to trust sometimes that it might not be about you. Yes. Right? Yeah, it's very hard. Probably we are different, but we're the same, I bet. And I, it's hard for me to accept that because I oh take... Oh, my God. Just um, sat there. The, I, the idea of like, it, it's not something I did. Or right. I, well, I told you something earlier and I forgot. Oh, even when... Um, Honest to God, even when I have a listing and it might go under contract quickly, yes, everybody's excited. But in my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, does the seller think I underpriced it? Did I price it? Did right? Did I price it wrong? Yes. You know, like one hundred percent. I again, maybe I'm like too scarred. Um, uh, no, I do. But I just, I don't know. I, I do the same thing, Heather, and I and I do it actually on the flip side, right? Like <laughs> yeah. you get an offer accepted, and you're like, could we have got about five grand right. knocked off that thing? I know that was part of the conversation I had with this other agent was you've got to trust yourself. Like yeah. if you don't trust yourself, your clients are not going yes. to trust you. And absolutely. What I learned super early on, I may have already mentioned it on the podcast before, and I say this to my husband, what I've learned is that my voice and my words actually have a greater impact on people and the others, like maybe even in negotiations than I think. So I'm sitting there and I think that I'm 
not saying anything important, right? Or I'm like talking out of my whatever. And what happens up happening is it worked. They yeah. believed me yeah. or they I sold you. it or I negotiated it right. Yeah. All of those things can happen if you trust what you're saying and if you trust your own voice. But you're exactly right. Heather, are you kidding? I sat around for months thinking about how I could have maybe yeah. negotiated with the seller better, how I could have gotten creative with my commission to come down so they would have had it a little closer together. But you know what? Maybe that's what I learned. Like you have, that's the only way we get better at this job is all these lessons that we're learning. Yeah. And yeah. you kind of had some points about that that we talked about off air is just how much you've learned after going through some of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I I look back at my very first closing and, and buyer and the whole process. And this was a different time. It was 2011. Um, and... When I say the process was six months, it was six months. Oh, my God. It was what's called a short sale. You didn't so, eat for six months, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, so my buyer was buying a short sale property, meaning the sellers were trying to sell it for less than what they owed on it. Mm -hmm. So the bank is involved as well. So not only just the seller, you're really um, dealing with a large, corp, you know, Bank of America, really, who could really care less, care less about. Absolutely. Um. And so, and then into the lender that was on this to this day, I know him and have a great relationship because it was like all hands on deck for oh, six for sure. months. And, um, I just, I can't even believe I'm still doing real estate <laughs> because every single day was a disappointment because all she wanted to do was buy her first house. And every single day I had to be like, not today, not today. We had to keep oh extending, 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 extending. And, and all these people wanted to do was sell their house. All they wanted you to do was sell. You had willing parties. And everybody was so just frustrated, sad. She was real. She would voice her frustrations with me every day, every mm. single day. And there was nothing I could do about it. Nothing I could physically do. But of course, I felt like it was my fault. And I would cry and... You know, I had left this corporate job to do real estate. Exactly. And I had a newborn. Haven't we all? <laughs> we had a dollar in our bank account. One dollar. I'm like, one dollar, Bob. I j it was so hard. And that was when I did not understand the lesson of like, it's not me. It's not something, you know, I can, I can't, I don't have any control over this. I don't this. have any control. And, um, but it was so, we were all just crying. Daily. Oh my God. <laughs> just, just. She finally did close oh on it. Oh my God. Um, Weeping tears. Just. But it was like, we didn't take the happy t title company photo. And, no. I mean, there, there was, was no key in her hand. No. Mm -mm. No just closing gift. Soggy deal. Yeah. You just, were, everyone just came to closing bruised and busted. Yeah. And yeah. But it made up. me question everything about like, am I doing the right thing? Should I be doing real estate? Like, what is this? And that's for like, six months. I made zero, zero I lost dollars. money. You did just, yes, you absolutely lost money. This is exactly why I wanted to do this episode because the conversations that I've had either with people that want to get into the industry or new agents, and they literally are questioning it. You know, yeah. they're like, why did I, why did I leave that job that was yeah. pretty consistent only to come and deal with this? Another element of this, and again, we're not at all stating, um, this is not a complaining session at all, but th there are so many personalities involved yes. and often 
that can be like the most triggering thing about why something feels like it's going so massively wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you can remove yourself from the personalities and just try to focus on the facts, it can feel a little bit more doable. But when you're in it, man, I don't, I forget it. I mean, the the personalities can push you over the edge. Yeah. And it takes, unfortunately, just time and experience to get to that point where you can, separate yourself from if I had been dealing with that now yeah but have gone totally different completely different um now I understand I say that with the understanding that I'm a different place in my life now fortunately you know right now where as again I had one dollar in my bank account and um so it's easy for me to say that I understand but all things the same I I totally would have handled it a different way. I wouldn't have let it affect me as much. I wouldn't, I mean, I stayed up every night worried about, is she going to have a house? Absolutely. And she was, I mean, she, well, now I lost my apartment. You know, she was home, uh, you know, and it was just so hard. Yes. Um, Because that is the other thing. And we have already talked about it at length, but it is not just for fun for most people. I mean, again, you heard me in this deal. This was their dream home. They were going to move their family. Their child was going to be in a different school district. Like things were going to massively change for them. And all of a sudden it didn't. And their life looked very differently after this. Mm -hmm. So we are glimpses in these people's lives sometimes, but it's such a big impact for all of us that it can be so emotional it can be well we after six months I mean even after a week or two I mean you're invested in this oh yeah you're not like you're selling them a candy bar this is (laughs) their life and it is so um and it's our lives and it's our lives it becomes our lives and how we not to get deep but but how how we shut that off you know I'm sure neurosurgeons (laughs) somebody else has the same exact mentality of how they you know leave their work yeah I do I will say I've often I've turned to a doctor friend of mine and I said yeah my bad day is not the same as your bad day so again keeping it real keeping it real we We understand that we are selling houses and not you, you had an example that you've shared with me before and it to me for, for watching you over obviously several years and then having done this podcast with you for several months like you're cool calm and collected you are I know you you and I joke that we're kind of spazzy and whatnot but when you shared this story with me that I want you to share I was like I mean I could see that it was mentally pushing you to the limits of you had a successful relationship with someone and then it took a turn it took a turn yeah <sighs> Gear, girl, you're up. Just um, like put your feet up. Yeah. Pour a glass of something. It um, it, it was somebody that I had worked with for a while. I helped her buy this house. I knew a lot about her personal story um, because we spent, uh, you know, back in the day, you would actually kind of spend weeks looking at houses. Right. And, you know. Right. Um, and we really, she shared a lot of things with me. And so I knew her story. I knew how much she had. I'm going to get teary-eyed. I really am. I didn't think Heather, I was going to. Hold it together. Um, I didn't know. I mean, I got to know how much she had gone through in her life. Wow. And where she was now. And she had to leave a certain relationship and had to go out on her own. And she, I was kind of there with her. I know I'm like crying. Oh my God. Um, my jaw's on the floor. You know, finding this house for her and her son, um, who, who was older, but he had some mental health issues and lived with her. And, um, I was just really proud of her, I guess. And we got this house for her, but she, um, ended up selling it. And, um, because she was gonna, 
she had met somebody. Okay. It's great. Okay. Life happens. Kind of started, yeah. started a new life and um, also wanted to get closer. Her son had enrolled in school, I believe. This is years and years ago. So you're watching her like make major steps Yeah. Forward. And so we, um, you know, we do the whole listing thing. We make all the little, you know, I help her stage it. It looks so great. We do the, you know, kind of the showing thing, which was, a little difficult when they had one person that was home there and um it was a different market than it is now yes. but we did go under contract pretty quick you know within a week or so got ex- full price offer cash um gave her all the things that she wanted to, you know with her terms Dream and come true it was a great offer and things were happening you know and so they have the inspection and Although it was a newer house, there was just a handful of little things. Nothing. We're talking about 500 bucks. Oh, sure. Right? Again, dream come true. Maintenance that they asked for. Well, at this point, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, um, her new man enters the picture. And I get a call from him. And he's not from here. um, But he proceeds, as you like to say, he proceeds to go into me about what a poor job I've done. Um, I underpriced it. That's the only reason why we got it, you know, under contract. Oh my God. Um, my marketing plan, I mean, just integrating you, you know, I think he thought he was a realtor. Maybe he was a realtor at some point or he was doing real estate classes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so basically he said like, we're not doing the $500 credit and, if they don't accept, we're terminating the listing room with you and we're going to list it with someone else and we're going to list it for hire. Oh my God. Yeah. So you are on the track to Wintersville. You are, li- again, maybe cashing that check in your head. You are literally like, this situation yeah. could not be going better. And a personality gets yeah. involved that was Who not hasn't there. been, yeah, has not throughout been here. this whole process. And so, and the way he treated me and the way he talked to me was like, I can't, I mean, I was crying just all the time. Oh my God. Um, and what made me even more sad is knowing her. Sure. And knowing her story. And everything And how I can't through. get emotionally involved in all that. Um, so, of course, I lose the $500. Of course you right? do. Right? Because we throw money at a problem. So, yeah. Yes. And, you what know. What you also learn. Yes. What I also <laughs> learn. Um, and we do, you know, we get to closing because contractually speaking, there's not much he can do. Even Correct. though he tells me every single day or threatens me every oh, day. Oh, that's that a lovely Lovely we are going to gonna take it to. off the market. Okay. So because of that, they, he, and I can, t- and so then the unfortunate part is I'm not talking with her anymore, even though he's not on anything. I mean, it's, I mean, I'm shaking my head, Heather. I just, it, the fact that we, we think this is so straightforward, right? Yeah. I mean, we think these deals, you go to real estate classes, you're, you know, you're learning yeah. everything about it and it's, it's but one, it just made two, me three. So, it made me so sad because I know her and yeah. I know she just wants to talk to me and we had a plan oh, and Heather. we had sit, we had sat on her couch crying about things. We, and all of a sudden it's just him. And she, I know that she's leaving her life and moving down there with him. And I'm just like, but I can't, I can't get, it's not my life. It's, I'm here to sell your house. But that's the hard part is like, I'm also just trying to do my job and Correct. I can't. So because of, you know, because I was able to kind of say, well, that's fine. I'll give the 500 bucks. It almost made it, the 
him more upset. So oh. he tried other things to do down to the point where when you, when you sell your house, technically everything needs to be out of the house, right? Like you yes. can't leave things that weren't agreed upon to stay. Um, well, they left a ton of stuff, oh, trash. No. The whole garage was full of old furniture and the buyers closed and no, maybe they did their walkthrough. I can't remember. Maybe they did their walkthrough. And they were probably like, yes, you, they did their walkthrough and we were like, this has to here? be removed before we close. And I tried all day to reach her and no answer. Nothing. I have I still haven't. I've never You're still talked waiting to her again. on that call. So I had to, I called Salvation Army because they will come pick up on certain, you know, you can, I called them to come. I, I went over there and probably spent hours getting everything Heather. cleaned up and everything, at least in the garage, met Salvation Army there to get all the furniture to donate. Oh my God. Heather, this episode was literally supposed to be like, but look I how still far think, we- I know. I didn't think you would think, you don't know the whole story. I honest to, I think about her all the time. I'm I just sure. hope she's, I hope everything's, I really do hope everything worked out because, well, but it, it was so hard. Just to see you obviously still get emotional about something that, again, is supposed to be part of your job and transactional to an extent, right? I think actually this is a fantastic part of this episode is it, even though we are quote unquote getting to the veteran stage, right? We've been in it for almost a decade. You've been in it for a decade. I've almost been in it, or you've been a longer, I've almost been in it a decade. It still is a wound, right? And it still is hard. It's and hard. we are working through these issues yes. on this podcast. Yes, we are. <laughs> I mean, listener, settle in. I mean, get comfy. But it, I guess that adds to that, whatever you want to call it, that wound and that for better, I don't know if it's better that I am a little more thick skin now. And I, I, it's not saying I don't get emotionally involved in everything because I Correct. do. It's impossible not but to. But I've learned that you know, I can't do everything. Like I, I can't interject myself in this situation and help her. I can't. Not to be dramatic, but you can't save her. No, I can't. Is basically what it is. Yeah. While we were talking and you and I actually were saying, we don't really like to use the term thick skin, right? Because all of a sudden it does mean that you suddenly are supposed to be cut off from all your emotions. The new analogy in my head is actually every time we go through them, through something like this, it's actually like we get a new piece of armor to add. And and I'm saying that because I think you can remove armor if you decide that you need to show emotion in something, right? Like yeah. with the thick skin, I don't know, you can't go back. But Yeah, and I've had, I mean, since then, I've had clients that literally will, will ask for my help and yes. as a friend almost. Yes. And at that point, I do feel comfortable. I mean, I'm not saying I, I'm great at giving advice or I'm a therapist or anything, but, um, and not as complicated as that situation for sure but I I think my personality leans into I don't like confrontation I want everybody to be happy and I I think I'm learning or I have learned um even in life in general I, there's just I, I can't make everybody happy we can't make everybody I can, happy and there's certain times where you're like I'm here to get this transaction to the finish line absolutely and I, that's my job it's you're exactly right it's it's so difficult to handle such an emotional transaction with so many personality types and so many relationships involved, it might be one of the messiest industries, right? I'm sorry, but it is. It is, it's just messy and complicated. That's not all bad. Like life is messy, right? I mean, we have to have messy to get to the other side, but it is, it's just freaking messy. Messy. It just is. Um, my, my next story isn't much better. 
I mean, I love it. It's like a doom and gloom. Hope you got your green beer at St. Patrick's Day, folks. But, but I, again, I, I wanted to share this next one because I don't think I've ever been so distraught because I was helping best friends. Oh, and everybody says, That's don't. That's a whole other layer oh, of. Heather. I mean, the, the talk about not wanting to disappoint, talk about wanting to literally work so hard. I mean, that, yeah, you are crying at the end of the night type of thing. This is kind of a long story, but I'm going to try to sum it up. Essentially, we thought we found their dream home. Again, insert, you know, all the happy things here. Let's celebrate. Um, it was a very difficult transaction from the beginning. We, the, the seller would not negotiate price on all, at all. So they were already a little frustrated at that. We did the inspection um, and multiple items came up and she was not willing to fix them all, but they were steadfast and they held in there and they really wanted it. Um, all at the same time, we're proceeding to list their beautiful home. I mean, just cute as a button, precious. Anybody would have loved it, right? We get an offer on theirs. In fact, the buyer walked in with a contract in his hand. I mean, that's how much he knew that he loved it. What proceeds to happen is just a total and complete unraveling of everything. So on the home they were buying, it proceeds to not, the, not only does it not appraise, it's at a significant square footage difference than what they had thought. Now, you know this, and, and it was at a very competitive time in the market. So all of a sudden you are at a very different price per square foot of what you think you're buying that house for. Mm-hmm. All while that's happening, we are doing the inspection on the home that they are selling. We get through all those negotiations and their home doesn't appraise. I mean, death, dying, devastation. And sure enough, the house they are wanting to buy because it is an active kickout because they have a contingency gets another offer on Mm. it. We don't meet any of it. All of it goes to absolute. and, and, And really quick, I forgot one very important detail. We actually got through the home not appraising on their house we were still about to meet the contingency. We were, we were going to do it. We were within hours of doing it. The buyer on their house got cold feet and called me and said his wife didn't want it anymore. And Heather, talk about going back through your mind. What could I have done differently? What mm. did I do wrong? How could I? I mean, you are grasping, grasping at straws. And I, I actually really like to share this example with anyone, anyone who will listen, <laughs> because we all went through war. I called our broker crying. I, he actually had no words. God bless him. I mean, he told me I was doing everything right, but that I think he just listened to me sob over the phone. Poor guy. It's, we're going to get him on in a few weeks and he's going to be like, yeah, you're a mess. But what ended up happening is we, we all took a deep breath. We walked away for a little bit. Obviously we, we were still, we're still friends. So we would see them and they took a break and they breathed and thought and, you know, just took a step back. And what ended up happening, sure enough, was we found their next home. home. We did. And it was. And guess what happened? The inspection couldn't have been easier. The negotiations couldn't have been easier. We got it for under asking. We put their house on the market and got multiple offers. It went to the most deserving family and it appraised. I mean, literally smooth, smooth, smooth. So that's what I say. I mean, that that first one apparently wasn't meant to be. And I hate to be so kumbaya because I understand that there are going to be facts out there that people are going to be like, no, I'm not, I'm not buying that. Or I'm not going to take that sitting down. Like I need to know why, but I can't explain that otherwise. Right. Yeah. No. And we tell our clients, you know, I say it at least, I know you do like that. The right one will happen. And I think or the right scenario will happen. Right. I think almost to the point where I oversell that idea oh, to people yeah. now. When it's going to be fine. When I meet sweet new first-time home buyers, I almost prep them for that scenario. Yes. 
And I'm sure they're like, oh my God, like we just came here for some coffee and a t-shirt <laughs> and to chat about our dream home. But, but we just want to be on HGTV. Maybe all of these scenarios have helped. I mean, I kind of, I, I prep them for the idea that this, it's probably going to happen is you yeah. are going to find what you think is your dream home. Yes. It's not going to work. Yes. We may go through two or three more. Yes. Because that has happened. Because that has happened. But one, and I always knock on wood. Yep. yep. Like a corny yep. little you thing I do. It? You hear it? Yep. Because I can say, knock on wood, mm-hmm. it, it always does work it out. It always works out. I had a, I had another one I've, I've kind of already shared. And the only reason I'm touching on it is I, you just said something that you prep people. And I've always wanted to prep them to a healthy extent, <laughs> but not too and much. not too much, right. But that bit me not too long ago also. I felt, they felt like maybe I hadn't given them of what could happen, the what if. Mm-hmm. Now I will tell you that what if tried to peek its little head out and we shut it down and the deal went through and everything was fine. But I realized with that particular client, they needed the what ifs. Like mm-hmm. they, they were those type of people and that was going to make them feel more at ease as long, you know, because they felt a a little blindsided, even though, even though nothing happened, everything ended up working out. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. Do you, do you, where do you err on that? Uh, it goes back to what you said about feeling out what I think is going to be helpful for them. Like when I have this sweet little first time home buyer, you know, just married, maybe she's yeah. expecting her first child. We're going to adopt them and put them in our pocket. I, we're going to, yes. <laughs> um, I, I know I have to ease into that. But I also know if I don't at least kind of mention the what ifs, then the, the, you know, if it does happen, it could unravel. this type of client, you know, so, um, that would be a tip. Here's our tip for new agents too, is kind of, you can, um, feel out your clients exactly. and what you think would be helpful for them. And, um, if you can kind of prep them for yes. this ride that we're about yes. to be on. I yes. always say it's so cheesy. I'm like, it's going to be really fun though. <laughs> we called it a roller coaster. The, yeah. the rickety crappy roller coaster. You know, because we do. I make it fun. Yeah. I show up with gifts. And uh, absolutely. And we learned that the- on last week's episode. Yes, we did. We've got bottles of champagne. Yes. We're popping. So not to literally be a super heavy episode or something that we're like trying to give everybody PTSD, but I, I just think sometimes it's important to see people who've been in it as long as we have to know that yeah. like we had some doozies and I guarantee mm-hmm. if we had a live you know, call in right now of everything that the veterans that we're surrounded oh, yeah. with have gone through. I mean, they're, they're going to, they would put our stories to shame. Well, and I have several, um, friends that have been this for longer than I have. And when I say it's daily that we daily. are, so it doesn't matter how long you've been in it or, but it happens. Um, I, I have one story where I was, this was also years ago. It was a different brokerage and a different, um, commission split, which realtors kind of know what that is, which is just a tidbit to those that aren't realtors. When you see that, you know, how much we are making 3% of the sales price, what actually, shaking my head. <laughs> what actually goes in our pocket is very, very different. It's very different depending on what brokerage you are with Absolutely. as well. So I was with a brokerage that already took about 60% of that. Whoa. I mean, I don't care about, this is not the brokerage I'm with now. Um, <laughs> But what they had was an anniversary date as well. So, you know, your anniversary date would start over, mine was September. So every September I started back at basically zero and I had to build my sales volume up to a certain amount. In order to get a greater commission. In order to get, so people, that's something you probably don't know about these, some of these brokerages. We're Um, just here for the tips. We are, I know. Um, 
So I, I had this, basically I had four fourplexes. So these are four units all next to each other with each had four units in them. So it's a total of 16 units and they Which all is a monster monster. They were all owned by the same individual who happened to be a pilot. So those that are realtors know, okay, pilot is a different personality, if you will. And also hard to get a hold of. Yeah. I yeah, would argue. Yeah. Yeah. So I worked for the buyer though, not the seller. Um, but these were 16 units. Every single one was occupied. Every single one had to be um, inspected. Every single one had to be notified that they would have a new landlord. And what does that look like? Oh my God. Um, every single one had different ideas of when we can view it, when we can't. It took, I think it was a two or three month process. I learned a ton. It's 16 mini houses. But collectively, the the sales price was about a million dollars, which I had never even come close to. Not even. And the idea of what that meant to our family financially was like huge. And the process, though, was incredibly stressful, just based on the things I just told you. Absolutely. Also, the seller, the pilot, somehow got my number, my cell phone number, and would call me at midnight. He had been drinking. Oh, my God. And would call me and just go lay into me about, I don't I mean, first of all, you're not supposed to do that. Let's not do that. I represent the buyer. Um, Oh, my God. And... But what happened was we finally did close and we closed on the day my anniversary Mm -mm. was up or started, depending on how you look at it. And what I thought a nice and kind and fair thing would be, would be my broker to still honor the, of course, the higher commission split. Absolutely. No. So the amount of money I thought I was making, which of course we had already planned on. Oh, you've spent I it. Even spent, you've spent it. Was significantly less to a point where like a disappointing amount. Oh my God. Based on the amount of tears I had cried, <laughs> the time I had spent. And so that was the lesson that I learned of like, don't spend your money until it has. Oh, but also you wrote down the word fair. Fair. Yeah. And I don't know how we feel about that word Mm -hmm. because we definitely don't want to sit here and be like, life's not fair. I mean, you don't want to do that, right? But you do, uh, how do do we even say it? Yeah, it's, um, I even had a scenario today. I was reading to you today. I have a listing and I have four listings. (laughs) Rub it in, rub it Um, in. I have four active listings. So as you can imagine, every day I have a lot of questions and a lot of communication about each. And I've been there on the buy side where you call and you say, hey, we are interested. Will you let us know if you get an offer? And perfect world, yes, great, I will. But also in a perfect world for my seller, if we get a great offer, we sign it up. Correct. And this other agent reached out to me upset. Like, Ugh. you told me five days ago you would let me, if you get an offer, with the undertone that that's not fair, or that's not what we, um, or how many times have you put an offer in, and the listing agent said, yes, they accept it, it's great, they're so excited, you tell your buyers, Oh yeah, which is 
Yes. Tip number two. Tip, oh, well, do not do, tell your buyers. Don't tell anyone until anything things until things are signed. You're, you're bringing up multiple scenarios that I have mm. absolutely been in. And you're bringing up multiple scenarios that I guarantee the listener has been in. And I think that's what they punch in the gut in some of these things. Again, unfortunately, to, to grab that one more piece of armor and throw it on. But you're exactly right. Like if we, we are in, we are in the business of, of celebration and like amazing milestones, but we're also having to deal with disappointment and things that aren't fair. Mm -hmm. And I literally, I almost feel like I can hear our broker's voice like right now saying something like, well, it's not going to be fair, but we just have to learn from it and and keep going. Keep going. Yeah. And that is literally the theme of this this episode. (laughs) I know we wouldn't be here if it wasn't. Yeah. And I just feel like I'm glad you shared those last couple of um, examples because I'm not going to lie. Those have come up in my life very recently and you do want to shout from a rooftop. That's not fair, yeah. but we are all doing the best we can with the information in front of us. And we just have to pick ourselves up and dust ourselves off, get back on that freaking horse and go on and do the next one because it will all work out. Yes, it will. Shout it from a mountaintop. It will all work out. Make Realtors it your mantra. And just people in, in general. life, in life, guys, it's all going to be okay. Do you ever deal with another agent? And this is a very general, broad statement. I'm not saying one particular agent, any agent. And you're kind of like, how are they doing this? Yes. Because the way that they treat you. Yes. I can't believe people hire them. That's what I mean. I'm like, what? Like having a general conversation where they're outrageously rude or just put off by. And they are not doing, having this bulldog mentality. Right. I, listen, we can have a whole episode about how you can be, you know, you're obviously be the best for your client. Right. And we get that. Yes. Yeah. That's real estate 101. Um. But those clients, I mean, those other realtors that are, I've had other realtors treat me so poorly that I cried. Oh, for and sure. all I was trying to do was show oh, and my God. sell yes. one of their listings. Th- thank you. And I have, I've been accused of lying, mm-hmm. which was absolutely not true. I've been accused of putting in an offer over asking just so I could bring it back down once we did the inspection. Again, not even remotely true. Um, I've, I think I had someone ask me what my problem was yes. one time uh, when I just was advocating for my buyer. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I don't understand who's hiring them. I don't know. No. Hey guys, it, you can do a lot better. And hey, their names are I Heather Teams, <laughs> Kaylin McKittrick, and they are here to help you. But no, you're exactly right. Between mm-hmm. all of the elements that we have to deal with, and we are, we are lucky to be in these roles and to help these people, there is a good and bad side to every single job. We're just here to help. Yeah. And I think the purpose of this crazy therapy session we just went down would be to just let the realtors that are listening know we are with you. We know how hard it is. Exactly. We know how shiny and pretty it looks on Instagram, but we also know that it's incredibly hard and we get the good realtors, which we know them all and we love them all. Could name them by name. Yes. Get very emotionally invested in all this. And, um, another you're you're exactly right another thing that actually inspired us to do this episode was we got a call from a fellow agent amanda easley who is the kindest most amazing soul and a fantastic real estate agent um and she shared with us actually we're going to play the clip right here so you guys can hear how we gave her a little pep talk i just wanted to say that i have not been listening as i should to we need closure so i'm catching up so i just happened to get in the car this morning on the way from alito to the office and just was pushed play on the last one I was listening to, which was like the time the seller installed the bad ovens or something. I don't remember. 
Um, but it was like right in the middle or towards the end. And it was just really good for what I'm going through right now with um, a, a buyer and just wanting to really um, provide value and service and just be there for them with, you know, what they're dealing with and, you know, having a seller that's just not super negotiable and, um, you know, just wanting to take care of everything for them and make them feel heard and valued and um, supported. And um, I'm just like re-energized that I am that person and just more inspiration to just do all the things, you know, just like, like you mentioned somewhere, we're on that podcast, like, don't, get, let me not give you all these names of contractors. I'll get a contractor out there. I'll meet them there. And I was doing those things. And um, so that makes me feel good that I don't suck. But um, anyway, I just want to tell y'all that y'all made my morning and I really appreciate it. So I will continue to listen to the We Need Closure podcast. So hearing Amanda say that, that she was down and mm-hmm. she just needed a little pick me up again, not to be cheesy and not to make this so deep, but like that is a huge reason of why you and I wanted to jump on this. We wanted to share all the stories, kind of good, bad, ugly, whatever you say in a non-complaining way, but enough to know that you're not alone. Yes. And every single day I want to basically quit this podcast and, uh, (laughs) um, and I won't let you every single day. And I'm not exaggerating. Every single day I get something from somebody saying, I loved it. It helped. It's funny. I shared it. And I'm like, okay, I guess we'll just, even if it's in it, it keeps me in it. Just hooking us back. Yeah. It's like those commission checks that literally keeping us in this business. It's what it is. Well, Heather, I got a little closure from this episode. How about I you? did too. I cry. I didn't expect to cry. Girl, I've just been waiting for the episode for one of us too because <laughs> I knew it was coming. Uh, well, I love you. Thank you. You don't for, have green on, so I'm I don't. Well, I'll get pinched later. <laughs> um, thank you for talking through this with me. I knew this was going to be a tough one for us just because we always want to make sure that we're, you know, positioning um, our, our industry and our fellow agents in a good light. But, yes. you know, there's tough times too, and it's okay to talk about it. Yep. Well, I love you, Heather. Thanks for being here. Happy St. Patty's Day drink a green beer. Yes. Awesome. I'm going to look for some leprechauns. I'm not going to lie. One of these days I'm going to find one. You guys. I already know you're lucky and I'm not letting you go anywhere. Sorry. You're never leaving this podcast. All right. So we will see the listener. Listener. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for being there. Bye. Always be closing. Hello. I live here. Always be closing. I've never been to your apartment. So real. What else do we need?